Folks, if you can, take some time this week to read John chapter about 13 all the way to chapter 17. It's the, the context is the Last Supper, and Jesus has this dialogue with his apostles. Last Sunday we heard a portion of it. This Sunday again we heard a portion of that conversation that Jesus has with the apostles and, of course, with the whole church. This, this week, uh, Jesus, we hear him say this, these words, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Another place in the content, or the same conversation, Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I don't know about you guys, but if, if you had a friend that said you had to do whatever they commanded you, you probably wouldn't pick that person as your friend. <laughs> but unless, unless you know that that person is right, then, then why wouldn't you want to do what, what they are asking of you or what they're commanding you to do? We know that about Jesus. We know that Jesus is always right. And he's also, he's also like a, a father figure for us. In different places he calls us children. Today we hear he says, I will not leave you orphans. So there's sort of this parent-child relationship. And, and whenever a child becomes an adult, the, the child becomes a friend or can become a friend of the parent. And, and there's, there's still the parent-child relationship, but, but there becomes more of a friendship. The child begins to see now more fully what's going on within the, the parent's mind. But when Johnny is four years old, he just doesn't get why he's supposed to, you know, not play with the knives. In this context of the Last Supper, Jesus speaks a lot about love, and he also speaks a lot about friendship. Those, those types of, well, both are actually the same. A friendship is uh, uh, two people with great love for one another. I just started reading the book by C.S. Lewis called The Four Loves. I'm about halfway through the first chapter. For those of you who don't know who C.S. Lewis is, he also wrote The Chronicles of Narnia. Also, he was good friends with J.R. Tolkien, who, who wrote the, the Lord of the Ring books. I'm sure many of you ever have seen the movies, The Lord of the Rings. Anyway, in, in this book, the portion that I've read so far, C.S. Lewis talks about two loves. He says there's gift love and there is need love. Gift love and need love. He goes on to say that every human being has a need for love. We have a need for love emotionally, physically, as well as mentally. He even says that, that this, this need love, this need to receive love, we immediately realize it when we have our first experience of loneliness. He said once we reach the use of self-consciousness, we immediately are afraid of loneliness. We don't want to be lonely because we have this need to be loved. When I, when I read that portion of the chapter, I immediately thought back to when I was four years old at Neurotic. I don't know if it was a, after a Sunday Mass, after a First Friday Mass, or a First Saturday Mass when we'd, when we'd usually go there, but this image of I'm behind the church, I'm walking out behind the church as a four-year-old boy, and I see the 12-passenger yellow van driving off. And I, I just burst out crying. I, I thought Dad and Mom left me. But I didn't realize that my siblings were just around the, you know, the church, 
and that dad and mom were going to be going to somebody's place to pick something up or drop something off, and of course they would come back to pick up us kids. I thought I was left alone. There's this need for love. All of you can probably think of similar situations. We all have a need for love. But he said that this need love can go wrong, particularly when it comes to a point of neediness, where where we make ourselves the center and, and we become sort of emotionally attached, as an adult that is, to, to someone else, and we become so needy that we just drain their person, we just drain them out because we're so needy. Ourself is this, we're, we're so self-centered. Which then goes into the, the other type of love, gift love. C.S. Lewis says that gift love is the type of love that God is. St. John also says God is love. God is love, but he's this total self-gift of love. The best example would be the crucifix, where God becomes one of us, and he gives himself completely to us. He pours out literally the last drop of his blood. Gift love. All of us are called to go in that direction. We, we ought to become capable of being a total self-gift to others. It's one of the beauties of the sacrament of marriage, where the spouses choose freely to give themselves completely um, to the other. As a self-gift to the other, not as you're giving me yourself, but rather I'm giving myself to you for your sake, for your life. C.S. Lewis also says that we as creatures never stop needing love. We always have a need for love because of because we're creatures, even though we may start you know, developing that gift love, we still always are in need of love, specifically in need of God's love. I don't think C.S. Lewis said this, but I haven't read the rest of the chapter yet, but just for reading the portion that I've read, I think one could also make this, this conclusion, that... Our, our need for love is something that's very real. Having Developing gift love is also something that's very good. But if somebody never develops that gift love, if one always remains in the need love, then one loses one's peace. It's why... And all of those of you who are married and those of you who are not married at this point, you maybe are still experiencing this. But those of you who are married, in your mind you, you have this thought that, you know, I, I have this loneliness. I want to be with somebody. If I could just find somebody to be with, if I could just get married. And then, and then you got married, and you're like, this is amazing. Like, I'm never going to be lonely again. Like, it's wonderful. Life's perfect. And then after... One week, <laughs> or two months, or one year, or ten years, whatever. At some point, you find out that your spouse does not fulfill that empty space in your soul. He or she does to some degree, but not completely. Only God can fill that. A spouse cannot fill that, nor even a, another best friend cannot fulfill that hole, because we're all creatures, we're all finite. 
Only God can fill that hole within us. Only God is infinite. So however much we need God, we never can wear God out. We can become needy when it comes to God. We ought to be needy when it comes to God. We can never receive enough from God, which is why we come to Mass, which is why we pray, which is why we live our lives in accordance with God's commands. If you love me, you will do what I command you. I want to I want to close with this. Our response to Psalm Psalm sixty six really points out a healthy person who has a healthy need love and a person who has gone into the gift love. But these I'm going to read the first two strophes of, of the response to Psalm. It it really is telling um, the whole earth to to shout for joy at how good God is, which tells you that. That person has received from God good things. The psalmist says this, Shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing praise to the glory of his name. Proclaim his glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous are your deeds. Let all on earth worship and sing praise to you. Sing praise to your name. Come and see the works of God, his tremendous deeds among the children of Adam. We maybe all have seen a movie or maybe we ourselves have said it. My dad is better than yours. Meaning that my dad is great. My dad is awesome. You know, he's, he's so good. That's, that's kind of what, what the psalmist is saying here. My God is better than anything else out there. My God is amazing. Because that person, that psalmist has received God's love and realized he needs it. So let us realize our need for God, but also let us develop the, the ability to be a total self-gift to others as God is to us.